0: I was 18 years old in prison, and the anger, the bitterness, everything just built up. I got out and started sounding dope, like immediately as I got out. Real life starts now.
1: This is... Real life radio show with Onlay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no
0: reason for me to be here.
1: Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm gonna kill you. One solution, God. hope is a person,
0: and his name is Jesus.
1: And now your host, Onlay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And today we're going to be talking about second chances and whether God gives them to us. As a guest today, we will have Esteban Medina, who died and came back, and explains how God gave him a second chance to forgive his parents after hating his parents so much for the way that they raised him. He lived a wild life of violence, drugs, and alcohol, and his decision-making eventually took his own life, but God gave him a second chance. Estevan, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Estevan, I'm looking forward to talking about how you died and had an encounter with the voice of God. But before that, I understand you were involved in gangs, and you would say you didn't have the greatest role models in your life, specifically your parents. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, from a very young age, what I remember is my dad used to sell drugs in the late 80s, I believe, is like when the cocaine started really hitting the streets. And he was selling that and he ended up getting addicted to it, him and my mom. So from a very young age, I've seen a lot of things that I shouldn't have seen. But also, like when my parents became addicted to it, we went from having things to losing everything. And I think that really threw us off. And then I ended up catching the case at the age of 12 and I was locked up.
1: And from the age of 12 to 17, I was in and out of facilities. Mm, Wow. So growing up, you were in and out of juvenile hall. And I understand it never made anything better for you. Like you didn't get better from it. But instead, the fights and the stealing only escalated, where eventually you got shot. Can you talk about that moment?
0: Yeah, so I had paroled to Denver when I was 17, and then I had gotten a scholarship to go to college, and I was doing that, and I ended up at a stoplight. We got into a fight. Some guys pulled up at the stoplight. We jumped out of the car. We started fighting. I think one of the guys I was with stabbed one of the guys that was in the other vehicle and we left. We left that scene and we went to another house and them gang members that we had gone into a fight with, they knew where that house was and they came back and they pulled up about half a block away and... We started walking towards him and somebody pulled up a shotgun and just shot it. So I wasn't like shot by a bullet, but I got
1: hit with pellets mm. in the back of my head. Mm, my gosh. You know, it's just crazy that you had a scholarship to college, but you ended up fighting and getting into trouble. I understand that you survived that shooting, but violence only increased from there. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah. So we were at a party and it started with one guy. Nobody fought, but he was like, I'm gonna go get my cousins and I'll be back. We didn't think he was going to come back, and he did come back with his cousins, and it just became like an all-out fight. And Mm. what I remember is I was fighting with one guy, and all of a sudden somebody started screaming and kind of stopped and looked over. And I remember him holding his arm, and then he let go, and it was like blood just squirted out. Mm. Later come to find out that a main artery had been hit in his arm. And that's why the blood was squirting out like that. So once I seen that, I didn't know who was stabbing who. So I wasn't trying to get stabbed. So I left. I ran. Mm -hmm. And the guys that I was with, they ended up getting arrested that night. And then like about two weeks later, the cops had been looking for me. And I was finally picked up and went through the whole process with the courts and all that. And Mm -hmm. ended up getting seven years in prison for that.
1: Mm, Wow. My gosh. Getting in trouble for association with the one who committed the crime. I understand that when you were in the gang, you often felt like you had to go to extremes of putting yourself in bad situations because the gang felt like a family, right? What was going on through your mind at the time when you were in the gang?
0: Well, growing up like that, I definitely thought like it was family. And then, you know, just from all the things that I've seen and stuff like that, it just seemed normal. You know what I mean? I didn't really see no other way. It just seemed like, you know what I mean? I was taking steps that my dad was leaving me picking up where he left off. And it was like a generational curse that I later found out it was a generational curse because I ended up doing the same things that I hated, Mm -hmm. you know, that my dad was doing. All this stuff that he had going on, like, even though I hated it, I fell into that lifestyle myself.
1: Mm, Yeah. Sometimes we can all find ourselves condemning our parents for something, but then we end up doing the same thing when we get older. (laughs) So what happened when you went to prison?
0: Yeah. So I went to prison for seven years. So I was 18 when I got to prison and I remember mm. like first week I was locked down for 23 hours a day. And I just remember like thinking back and blaming my parents and saying, this is all their fault. Mm. And the reason I felt like that was cause I shouldn't be in this situation. And if my parents would have been parents, then I wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Cause I never got disciplined for anything that I did. I was able to do whatever I wanted, but it, took everything from me you know what I mean
1: that is an interesting fact I mean the ability to do anything you wanted ended up with a life in prison you wouldn't think that normally you know I understand that anger turned into hatred for your parents during that time what did that look like
0: well I was 18 years old in prison and the anger the bitterness everything just built up and I just really couldn't Like, I didn't talk to my dad for the whole time that I was in prison. You know, my mom wrote me and stuff like that. And it was just like, I guess I switched over into survival mode. And, you know, I just needed to do what I needed to do while I was there. And then Mm. I'll figure out what I'm going to do when I get out. When I did get out, though, I had made some new connections in prison. And I got out and started sounding dope. Like immediately as I got out.
1: Mm, Wow. So you got immediately back into illegal activity after prison. Did you ever at the time wonder or fear that you'd get caught maybe and end up in prison again?
0: You know, I didn't even really think about getting caught. It was just about getting out and catching up get back on my feet and get back into the game. And like, even as a juvenile, I remember, like, I did get sent home a couple of times and it never lasted because every time I got sent home, I went straight back to the same neighborhood with the same friends, with the same people. And I fell back into the same thing. And I was never able to finish probation or parole or whatever I was on. I was never able to finish
1: it. Mm, Esteban, let's stop there as I want to have you on our next show because I understand that this life of bitterness towards your parents And making bad choices led you to a point where you died and came back. So thanks so much for being with us on our show today. Thank you. Hang on. I want to dive deeper right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who is committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeninthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it breaks my heart how he had a great future set out for him. I mean, he had a scholarship to college, but his anger and his association with those who caused trouble literally got him in trouble. Listen, it's important who we associate with when we're younger and even when we're older, because who we hang around, we become and can even take on the problems that they create. I mean, that's what happened to him. There is a proverb that talks about this, in Proverbs 13.20, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. It is important to take time and reflect. Who am I hanging around with today? Are these friends who are more wise and make wise decisions? Or are they friends who will maybe help me to get in trouble? I understand the deception in gangs is that once you are like family, you're a family. But in reality, what is interesting is they were friends And then he ends up getting in trouble for what they did, and that quote-unquote friend didn't tell the truth, didn't bail him out, and didn't take responsibility or anything. Now, true family doesn't do that. Love doesn't mess up and then make you take the rap for it. So that is true in that proverb that if we have the wrong companions, we can be destroyed. Now, a second interesting thing is that his parents were living the drug selling and using lives as well. And he grew up with hatred for his parents because of the suffering he went through because of their choices. But then he ended up repeating that cycle of chaos. And this is not the only instance of that. We can see, in statistics, that when someone is raised in a household, the vices and problems tend to make the kids at risk to duplicate the same types of behaviors despite how one feels about the consequences of those vices. Have you ever wondered why that exists like that? Why do we sometimes redo the very things that our parents or maybe our grandparents have done. Like, and we know that they're wrong, but we end up doing them. Now, there's ancient writings that talk about this very concept, that actions from our ancestors, let's just say, or you know, those before us, that they can repeat and they can cause deeper consequences for the children and the children's children. It is written in Exodus 20, 5 through 6, you shall not bow down to them, and them here is talking about false gods, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, at first glance, that scripture can seem like God is the author of why things pass down like that, but that isn't the case. You see, these vices like drug addiction, crime, etc., they're vices that travel from parent to child. They're like repeated behaviors. And so that means that the punishment that visits all the way down to the fourth generation, that goes along as well. Many people call this generational curses. And the curses just keep going down from one generation to the next. But specifically, of whom those who hate God and choose to follow other gods and choose not to live a life in obedience to God. So what if we're caught up in this cycle? What can we do? I mean, if you look at Estevan, he was hating that his parents you know, raised him this way, but then he was doing the same thing. How can we break free from this kind of thing? Is there a possibility that we can break free from our past? Is there anything strong enough to do that? Well, there is. And in our next show, Estevan's going to talk about that. I'm going to talk more about that. But friend, I'm sensing that there's someone who needs a second chance at life. I want to let you know that Jesus breaks generational curses, and He's here to do that for you today. So, Lord Jesus, I bring my friend to you, and we bring ourselves to you. And I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, for every generational curse to be broken over my friend's life. And Lord Jesus, we want to receive you, and we want to follow you, the one true God, so that we can have those blessings of obedience. Help us to obey you, Lord Jesus, and to know you, that you have a better life for us. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook
0: and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.